to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we are finishing our Hard Talk series, part six, The Future. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, listeners. How's it going? Welcome back, Brian. Good to see you, Brian. I'm glad we're here. We're talking about the future today, but we're in the past. In the past. Talking about the future. The future of tomorrow, you know, today. It's always funny because, you know, you watch movies about the future mm-hmm. and some of the things they get right, you know, we, we were just talking about before the episode about Star Trek and, mm-hmm. and of course, Back to the Future and things like that. And there are some things that they've gotten right. The ways that we communicate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's... Or like tablets. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's many things that they yeah, totally missed wrong. on. Like, yeah. where's my flying car? I want my flying I car. Want a hoverboard. Yeah. I want a, well, there are, there no some things like that. The, not an actual hoverboard like in, like in Back to the Future 2. But anyway, we digress. We're talking about the future. We wish that we had more <laughs> futuristic technology, but we do not. But we are going to think about the future in regards to talking to our kids. That's what series we're on. That's but before right. we jump into that, make sure to subscribe to the pod. Give us a review. Share with your friends. Mm-hmm. And if you've got questions, comments, feedback, uh, you just want to say hi, email we like, us. We like people saying hi. Yeah, email us at F4L. That's the letter F, the number four, the letter L, at okilbc.org. And we'd love to hear from all of our listeners, wherever you may be. I have to say, the best future mo- the movie about time travel. Terminator. Oh. No. Movie I'm from the future. Timeline. <laughs> I'll be back. Go ahead. Sorry. Movie called come, Timeline. Come with me if you want to live. Um, timeline. Paul, Paul, Walk- Paul Walker? Yeah, Paul Walker's in it. It's really good. Okay, I've not seen that. Oh, yeah, you got to watch that. All right. It's really good. Okay, so... What, what about this is a, a hard talk? We're talking about the future today. Well, because we don't know the future. Mm. We don't know the future. And what we're really talking about is trusting God with mm. the future. That's good. And that's yeah. hard, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, when we say the future, what, what do we mean when we say the future? Obviously, we're joking about, like, the future and, like, you know, we're thinking about technology <laughs> and, like, tell you the future. but yeah. we're not talking <laughs> about that. We're talking about the future of our yeah. lives, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we're talking about our trajectory, you know, and I think that is a really helpful uh, analogy, helpful term for uh, thinking about your future because trajectory is paying attention to the uh, motion. So if you're looking at, like if you ever watch a movie about people uh, going to the moon or something. They always have those, the the shuttle mm-hmm. has this trajectory that they're watching. And it's like, oh, no, we're off trajectory. And they're paying attention to the direction they're moving, and they're able to track it. If they stay on that same direction, where will they end up? Sure. And that's what we're talking yeah, about, Yeah, right? so it's, it's future as in this life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what we're thinking about is if, you know, as your children grow up, they become adults, they're going to do all the things that you know, get jobs, families, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. What are they going to do? How How is the future going to be affected by how we parent them today? Yeah, that's right. And then also we're thinking about the future as an everlasting life. I think this is really something that we miss out on as parents. And <clears throat> I was reading something where somebody said our, our goal should be to um, want to live in eternity, everlasting life yeah. with our children. 
Mm, yeah. I thought, wow, that's a that's a really different perspective. Yeah. Do you know, that's the Christian perspective. Do you think there's a difference between the Christian and the non-Christian perspective when it, we talk about the future? Yeah, I, I absolutely. First, I just want to say to you that that's one of the things that I that I've uh, tried to help parents realize is that in your life, the only thing, uh, well, basically the only thing that you're gonna do that's gonna last in eternity is is your children. Like when you had your children, they are eternal people. Yeah. They're going to live well, forever. Right? Yeah. Everybody, I mean, there are very few people, you know, you think about famous people, right? Right. There were tons of famous people in their time, but how many people do we remember from 100, 200, yeah. 300 years ago? You if know, it, if it weren't for IMDb, I don't know who played in a movie, you know, last decade. Right. So these things will be forgotten. It will be lost, especially right. when the world when the world passes away, it, it will all be gone. Well, and I think that's the difference between you know, one of the, the keys of the difference between the Christian perspective and a worldly perspective is that the the future for somebody in the world is is literally just this lifetime. And it's all about how comfortable, how successful how amazing can i make my life right now and how can i leave a legacy in yeah, this world when i'm gone you mm-hmm. know but i don't think that's that's not helpful i don't think i mean it's okay to want to leave a legacy for the lord but i mean when we're thinking about like how can i make my mark on this yeah, world yes yes this world is is not the end right yeah, yeah, I think what you just said is important because leaving a legacy can be godly if it's for the Lord. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but otherwise, then, yeah, you're literally making yourself an idol that you want people to, like, idolize forever. I mean, we see that with ancestor worship. That literally right. happens right. throughout the world. So, so I think the Bible has some stuff to say about the future. It has a lot to say, actually. And I'm so thankful, right? <laughs> I pulled out a few verses. Uh, I, I could have selected many more. Mm. But one of the ones that first came to our mind, and I think you actually pointed this out, was in James chapter 4. Do you want to read this for us? Yeah, it says, Come now, you who say, tomorrow, or today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this. Or that. Yeah, I think one of the major themes we'll see out of these verses is, is God's sovereignty. You know, you look at Proverbs sixteen nine. It says, "The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps." Yeah. So uh, I mean, we can both of these verses we can plan, but God is the one who uh, is is controlling is is making these things happen. Yeah, and uh, and it's not bad to plan, but it's important to realize that our plans are not our God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, God's plans are the plans, right? right? And that's what we're trying to communicate. Well, that was in the midst of uh, of a trial, in the midst of, of them being Hardship. exiled. And, and I think Jesus has something to say in John 16, 33, because he, to us believers, and I think he would say something similar to the Israelites had he, had he been there, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He's speaking about our attitude as we move into the future as peace in Jesus. 
But as we go into the world, we can expect tribulation. We can right. expect suffering. Right. But it's it's in, it's encouraging. He says, I have overcome the world. And listen to Proverbs 19, 21. It says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And I just, I'm so comforted by the the finitude that like this is going to happen. Don't worry. My plans are going to stand. Right. And I love that. That's yeah. just like, oh, well, and, so that, and that speaks to the end. And we need to think about the end that's in mind. And mm. we fast forward to revelation 21, four. And I love this verse because it says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there, shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That is the ultimate future. Yeah, that's right. That is the ultimate, ultimate future where every Christian is heading. And I think we have to keep that in mind. And yeah. if we miss out on that, if, if we don't have that, that, that end goal of being with our Lord in eternity forever and ever, then we're going to mishandle what life is really about and understanding, even as we have life before us. Yeah, and I think it's really important to see that in the way that God deals about the future, it, it all really comes down to uh, paying attention to today. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like paying attention to you and your relationship with God, trusting God with tomorrow. Yeah. Jesus says, you know, and this I'm sure was another verse you were probably seeing a lot is, you know, uh, don't worry about tomorrow because mm-hmm. you have enough troubles for today. Yeah. Um, and so we, he, he's telling us, He's telling us you should focus on today and living today for God, and he will bring you to the tomorrow that he is working out. Right. And so— Yeah, there's a common theme here about God's sovereignty and trust in the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. kind of comes to the surface here. And so the the future for the Christian is not scary. Right. Even if uh, we may face suffering, even though we don't know what's around the corner, like we— we don't have to be concerned about the future. Right. Yeah, I, I think Fearful. That's, we don't have to be fearful about the future. Yeah, I think that's right. And that's, okay, I do want to just point that out. This was important for me. I remember wrestling with this in college especially. Um, there is a balance between planning and trusting, mm-hmm. you know? And I love, that's why I love the James 4 passage. It says today or tomorrow. Listen to what it says. We'll spend a year there and trade and make a profit. I mean, those are those are specific plans. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't get onto them for making specific plans. He gets on them for feeling like they're guaranteed. Right. He says, instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. He's not saying you shouldn't make specific plans. He's saying make those specific plans and then just trust the Lord with it because it's right. really up to him. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you're actually in control. That's good. So I think this can be really helpful for us as parents. Yeah, this this yeah, this is kind of what we want to really think about is what does the future have to do with parenting? Why why is this a hard talk that we need to explore? Well, I think some of it is because we have lived through life um, we have experienced a lot more life than our kids have, and we're having to convey that to them without them really understanding their own futures, um, while we are also trying to figure out our own futures. Yeah, I mean, we're here's the thing. We are raising our children to become adults. We are raising them for the future. Right. You know, and so that is a... Uh, can be a scary task, but I think parents, we have to recognize they're not going to be children forever. Right. And if we don't prepare them, if we don't invest in them, then we're just going to have adult sized children. We're just going to have a bunch of 
uh, adult-sized babies. I think, and I think that's even kind of what we talked about in our first uh, episode in this series was was really helping our kids grow so that they can be uh, godly, Christ-like adults. Right. That's that's the point of of parenting. So we have to consider that goal, that end goal, which is in the future, in order to parent them today. Yeah. Do you think that's the major difference between maybe a Christian mindset and the um, cultural mindset of parenting would be the goal? I think, yes. I think the, res- the it's not so much the goal, because I think, I think the goal for all parents is to have, quote, successful adult children, right? But the the question is, is what does that really look like? So mm. it is the goal, but like, what, what does it, is the goal? What is a successful, quote, successful adult person, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the difference. Well, I think the goal for a Christian to raise their children should be to know and to follow Jesus. That should be the primary goal, right? Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the mature man. The Bible tells us that he is the full stature of manhood. And right. we're, we're trying to grow them to be like him because he's what a man, what a what a, an adult, what a person is. He's he's the perfect likeness of God, and he is the perfect image bearer of God. You think this goal is controversial in any way? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, you know it's controversial because uh, not everybody wants to uh, take up their cross, mm. right? You know, we want to live our lives for ourselves, and we all struggle to. I think it can be. Christ. Yeah, I think it can be, especially for casual Christians, casual mm-hmm. believers that maybe aren't aren't true believers, maybe not sold out to the Lord. If their goal would not be to put Christ first, because that would mean that would cost their child some things. Yes, you know, and that doesn't mean your child won't be successful. So let's talk about this. Mm, yeah. are, there, are there other goals that we can have as Christians? You know, I I don't think any Christian parent. Even if we, even me, that says, "Hey, I want my children." The primary goal is to right, know right, right. and love the Lord. I don't want my children to be some abject failure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not saying, "Okay, I want my kid to know Christ, so I'm going to help them become a hermit and go live in caves and only read the Bible and blah blah blah." Like we do have other goals for our kids, right? And uh, but but you have this great. You have it here in your notes. You want to talk about this kind of subservient goals, right? These well, goals yeah, I think under... you can have multiple goals. They all have to be subordinate to the primary goal of raising a Christ follower. That's right. You know? yeah. and, and the attitude must be, you know, hey, I want my child to grow up and uh, potentially, you know, have, have a career, have a family, you know, those types of things. But it has to be in a way that would honor the Lord. You know, yeah. it's not just, you're not saying, I want you to go and be successful in the world's eyes. I want you to go and I, I want you to work because that honors God. Yeah. I want you to spend your life uh, doing something that God has called you to do. I want you to, if God calls you to have a, a, a spouse and a family, you need to do that in a way that honors the Lord. And so I think it's a lot of it's the a mind shift to have the proper perspective on these things. So you can still have some of these goals for your children, but it, but I think having a goal of like, growing up being as successful as possible and making much money and having a lot of possessions and having a lot of stuff and being able to go on vacations, like that's not the right goal that we should have for our children. Yeah, that's right. It, those, those things uh, can be things that are added unto you, right? Right. I mean, that's, you know, God, God tells us in his word, Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow. And then he tells us to seek the kingdom first and all these other things will be added to you. Yeah. I think that is the difference between uh, a Christian and a, a person in the world. 
you can have everything that the world gives you. You can have it all as long as pursuing the kingdom is your primary goal, pursuing Christ, right? Because he's the king. You can also have everything and lose the most important thing. You know, lose Jesus, Jesus said those that have given uh, everything have gained the most important thing, and those that have, you know, I forget the exact verse and how it's put. Well, and this is really hard to do. It's really hard to keep this goal preeminent because Jesus also says it's it's uh, he says it's as, it's as hard as having a camel go through the eye of a needle for mm-hmm. or, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you're like, oh man, these are so these are some things that we have to balance together. And so if we're trying to keep Christ as our preeminent goal. That might mean sacrificing, and and often, often, and yeah, maybe I should just go ahead and say like normally means sacrificing things that the world has to offer you, because you you are pursuing the kingdom first. Yeah, yeah. I found the verse here in Luke chapter nine. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life. For my sake, will save it. Yeah. What is a profit of man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when it comes in his glory and the glory of the Father of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Yeah. I think it's so important that we, we keep that as our mindset to deny our cross, to follow Jesus, to make him the first. And then those other things that God kind of adds to our lives and puts us in different situations, and maybe you'll be successful in this area, in your job or whatever, those things kind of come to you as the Lord wills, but your primary focus is on Jesus, taking up your cross daily and following him. That's what we need to build into our children when it comes to the future. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. So so we are... Uh, preparing them for the future, but there are some specific. So in those kind of goals, those specifics of like the the things that we are also preparing yeah. them for. Um, what are some of those? Yeah, things? I just listed out a bunch of things here because I was trying to think what 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 are those things that we're keeping in mind uh, within that goal of them knowing and following Christ. You know, mm-hmm. we're thinking about adulthood. One of the things that's important is is missional living. Yeah, you know, no matter what they do or where they go. They may not be a pastor or a missionary, but everyone, every Christian is called to live as the for other on mission to be missional living. Yeah, you're thinking about college. We're thinking about calling. Everybody has a calling in their life. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about job, marriage, parenting, perseverance, continuing in your sanctification. You got to prepare your child for that because, you know, even though life, even though like life can seem short. It also seems long at some points yeah. and persevering through life, the hardships of life. We got to prepare our kids for that. Yeah. And then finally, we got to help them with death. Yeah. Have the proper perspective. On we death. really do. And that, that is, uh, th- all of these things are really important. Is there anything that sticks out to you on this list? I, I, I anything think you want to add? N- no, I, I don't think I can add. There's, there's, there's a lot of really good stuff here. Um, I think the calling is what I would say, you know, because not everybody's life is supposed to look exactly the same. Um, but God's in control of that and he is calling you 
um, to to a life, and he also might have multiple callings throughout your life. You know, it's not like God has one calling, and it's like, well, God told me I'm supposed to be a plumber, so I have to be a plumber for the rest of my life. Or God told me I have to be a professor, mm-hmm. so I have to be a professor for the rest of my life. You might be a plumber for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and then you might become a professor for 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, you don't know what your life has, but God does. He has a calling. Um, and then, yeah, death. I think that's really important, Um, and the reason why I think it's really important is because people don't want to talk about it, and the Bible specifically tells us to number our days. Mm. And I think if if there's something that we're avoiding, it's because it's probably because we're afraid of it. And if the Bible's telling us that we have to do it, we have to consider it at least. I'm not talking about something morbid, but but we have to consider it. Well, then we need to we need to do that mm-hmm. and not and well, not it's a, run it's away. A, death is a guarantee, and we have to come to grips with it. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's like the one thing that you can definitely count on. Right. So you know you should consider it a little. What bit. do they say? Death and taxes. Death and taxes. That's right. <laughs> Let's not talk about taxes. Yeah, I know. I'd rather talk about death. <laughs> give okay. me liberty or give me death. <laughs> so, what values do we need to tackle the future? What are those things that we're really uh, really building into our children for them to understand like how to how to have you know the goal knowing and following Jesus for the rest of their life what are those things we need to build into them so they can do that foundational primary of first importance is their salvation mm-hmm. and making Jesus first yeah i mean you can't be a, a lifelong Christ follower if you're not saved. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ. When I listed these things, I separate because there's a point to where we are saved, mm-hmm. and then we have to make sure that in that salvation, as we disciple our children, they understand that Jesus is is primary. Right. Jesus is everything. You are, you, and I actually talked about this uh, recently when I was talking to a group of parents. You are a 24-7 Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you don't just put a little Jesus into the into your life. If your life is a pie chart and you have school and family and all these things, right, right. you don't just stick Jesus in there or church in there. That's right. not just something that you do. The whole pie chart is Jesus. That's right. And then we live out the different, <laughs> in, like, those, in those different realms, we live out our Christianity. It's like those memes that have like the pie charts with the little sliver of yeah. it in different colors. And it's Jesus like, in a different color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Also Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, you're right. And that is, I think something that comes with like the, the sanctification. So salvation is, is this thing that, you know, ultimately it happens to you. You, you get saved, you're rescued from your, your sin and death. Um, and as you grow in Christ, you you grow and grow and grow in making him first. Right. Um, but that's something we have to be intentional about. Right. So. I also think biblical knowledge, uh, understanding, and application. So we're thinking about how do we how do we ingest mm-hmm. the Bible and live it out. I think not knowledge is important, understanding it and applying it to our lives. Um, you know, we've talked about from the beginning, one of our very first series on this podcast, we talked about yeah. the fact that children that stick with their faith that that hold fast to their faith have have had a strong uh, that their family has really pressed into them the word of god that's right yeah and that's that was the number one uh, thing that that had the greatest impact on their continuation in the faith was the the bible um, but, you know, there's more that we're also trying to help them know is, you know, just how the world works, mm. which honestly, I think this is uh, undervalued in the Bible, but just biblical wisdom is how the world works. Mm-hmm. 
and knowing knowing when you just read through some of the wisdom literature um, but then then looking at the actual world that you live in teaching them things about how how stuff happens and what you know consequences and things like right. that right i think you know one of the important things you know we've been having discussions with our teenager and uh, her you know starting to experience more of life adult life with driving and job and things mm, like yeah. that. And I'm trying to let, help her to understand, like, we are Christians. Mm-hmm. We love Jesus. Not everyone is like that. Right. And you are going to go into a world where there will be many people that will not love Jesus. In fact, you'll you'll people that will be hostile to Jesus. And that's, that's something that you have to come to grips with, and you have to understand that about the world now so that when you go into it, you won't be surprised by it. That's exactly right. And so I think that that's something that we are, we're trying to help and, and kind of walk through. That's what we mean when we say how the world works mm-hmm. is because there are so many things like we talked about before. Your family is your own little family that's unit. Right. As your child gets older, they're like experiencing the world like what? Not every not family is like me. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. like our family and not everyone's like me. And yep. this world is is crazy. Yeah. And yeah. So we've got to help them understand how as a Christian, we sort of navigate the world. Yeah, we got to teach them how to work, right? We have to teach them work a good ethic. work ethic as well because um, that that I think also I think that connects to how the world works, but but if they're not taught that you you need to do your best. You need to I remember having a conversation with uh, I'll throw him under the bus. My brother, he's my little brother, so I can throw him under the bus. <laughs> he was mowing the grass somewhere. He was just starting to work and I remember him sweeping up after and he just goes he goes, "Ah, that's good enough." And I said, it's not good enough until it's done. Like it's not good enough. What are you talking about? Good enough. Um, and uh, and so I I was I was trying to help him, and I'm five years older than him, so mm-hmm. I was I was able to do that. But we all need to be taught that. I right. had to be taught that too because mm-hmm. I had the same thoughts when I was younger. Uh, and it's good enough. No, it's not good enough until it's until it's done. And you know we can't be legalistic, but we have to help them because because the world. Uh, we have to do a good job in order to take care of other people. Yeah. It really comes down to yeah, taking care of people. Having a work ethic is, is biblical. Yeah, work right. is important. Work was a, not a product of the fall. Work was before the fall. Right. And so I think we have to um, help our kids understand that that work honors the Lord. And when we do a good job, when we work hard, we are bring glory to God. That's right. It's important. I also think managing life expectations, mm-hmm. thinking about things like success, failure, changing, adapting, growing, all of those types of things, we often have expectations, and sometimes we exceed those, and oftentimes we do not. Right, and so uh, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing for adults to manage life expectations. Right. So can, you can imagine what that's like for for a child. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, life for a kid is disorienting because you you just don't you, you just have so little experience, and the you need help figuring out what your experiences even are. Right. So you're oriented. Well, and I think life. we've kind of moved away from this. One example of this would be, you know, when I was a kid, they always told us like, you can be anything you want. Right. You know? Right. And that's just not true. Uh, number one, I do think that, I think we could say it like you can be anything that God calls you to be, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but that also means you can be anything you want. It's like, that also has a false expectation of like, because uh, because most of what they're meaning is worldly success and money exactly. and power. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what God has called us to. Listen, if you are a humble person who uh, works every day at a at a job that, uh, I don't know, a manufacturing job, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you love the Lord, 
that is more God honoring than right. somebody who is somebody who's famous that, you know, does whatever they want. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I think there's a great um, mindset. Like, the, the, the I hope, anyways, that people are just trying to encourage kids to to do more than they think they can you know that's a good emphasis for for the lord for the lord of course as a christian for the lord even for even for unbelievers so here's what i'll say i think for for all people we should be encouraged to do more than we think we can okay but but it's unhelpful to say you can do anything or be anything you want because because that's not true. You cannot literally fly. You cannot do things. There well, are there are limitations. Even realistic things like there are people that you ever watch these reality shows and they come on and they think they can sing great. Oh yeah, that exactly. And they cannot sing at all. And the people are like, listen, you you're, you've got to think of a career in something else. Like, no, my mom said I'm the best singer she's right. ever heard. I'm going to be famous. You will you will see one day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, poor thing. Somebody has falsely lifted that's this exactly person right. up. That's that's exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day, it becomes a lie. It can become a lie. Now, here's the thing. Here's here's where it gets real interesting. And and what you said is the key. You can be anything that God calls you to, even even if you don't like, even if you have some like things that like somebody might look at you and be like, "Mm -mm." Um, but if if the Lord God can call me to have a singing voice that's beautiful. Listen, God, God brought people (laughs) back from. He's going to do that for me. (laughs) The question is not what can God do; it's what will He do. That's true, right? And so there's a difference between can God make you be an astronaut, of course, but what is he going to do? And that's why he's right. finding his calling well, in your life. God did not give me a singing voice. He had to have some way to humble me because I'm so awesome <laughs> in so many other ways. It's the one area. Thank, thank the Lord. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just That's awesome. I'm so, I'm so humble. I'm the so humblest the person humble. I know. We also need to teach our children humility. <laughs> humility. No, <I'm> just <laughs> No, the last thing I think, the, one of the most important values, and we already alluded to this, is the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is such a lost thing. People, I cannot tell you how many Christians do not have a grasp on God's sovereignty. And, you know, this this is where the questions of like, why God, why, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and ain't, they're angry with God and, and all these things because they just don't understand how, how, God works, how the creation of God works, how right. the sovereignty of God works, how all of these things work. Yeah. Well, and, and and it comes out, they're not able to go back to that. Like, if you don't have an understanding for it, it's not wrong to, to ask why questions. It's wrong to start accusing God in mm-hmm. those why questions. And and yeah, you're right. Like, when, when you don't understand God's sovereignty, you're not able to respond to, you're not able to have biblical responses to your own right. questions. Mm-hmm. Um, because the response, you, you know, I, I do this when I pray like, God, why is this happening? Right. Yeah. You know, you immediately know you have scripture come to your mind. That's like, God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And you're like, God, I know you're in control. I just don't understand it. And I'm going to trust you with this. I I love the, uh, the end of Job where God finally answers Job. God has, God has, does not have to answer Job at all. That's like the most epic Bible scene. He answers him. He's like, Job, were you there when I measured out? The universe, right? Yeah. Were you there when I when I put the borders on the oceans? Mm-hmm. Like, were you there when when I you know he talks about the Leviathan, you know the most, yeah. the the biggest sea creature? Were you there when I uh, was was managing all of these amazing creatures? I mean, basically, God's saying I, I make the sun rise, mm-hmm. I make the sun set. 
were you there? Right. No, of course not. Right. You're, you are, it's my sovereignty. It's, it's my oversight that makes all these things happen. Whether it's, whether you perceive it as good or bad, you have to understand that I am in control and I have a purpose to all of these things. That's it. And that's the thing is like, look at how much God is in control of and he, and he does it perfectly. Uh, we can trust him even, even when it doesn't make sense. Uh, we can trust him. And that's what we have to keep running back to. Um, we have to teach our kids these things and mm-hmm. our kids grow up in time and they grow from young to old. So when we're talking to our younger kids, these babies through pre-K, what are the things that, like, what do we need to start thinking about? Uh, can we teach our younger children about the future? Yeah, I think just, I think there's, I think a lot of this is preparing them for the future. There's lots of basic things. Once again, this is where the foundation of things like obedience, consequences, yeah. preparing them for the faith, you're laying this foundation that's going to carry them into the future. Think about as your child is being built up. This is the age where you're laying the foundation. If you don't have a good, solid foundation, you can't put a you can't put a building on top of it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. We've got to, like you just said, lay that foundation of of understanding. You do something, something happens. So so you can't just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. There is you're basically helping them realize that there is a trajectory. Mm-hmm. There is a it, there is a result. And um and that's just funny that you have to teach that. Right. But you do. Mm-hmm. You you just have to teach those things. And that's really simple, but it's it's vital. Right. Well you're you're in the midst of this age right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. we talked about the goal of keeping Christ you know, keep making them Christ following adults. Right. But I understand as you're in the middle of this and you, you, you're, you're in the middle of Mm -hmm. diapers and potty training and and all the craziness that, that happens at this age, how do you kind of, kind of wade through all of that and keep that, that goal of raising Christ following adults important and first in this age? Man, that, that's a great question. Um, and it, and it can seem impossible. I think, I think it's kind of tricky because it's it's not it's 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 not obvious all the time. But one of the things that I think is important is to teach your kids that when you when you are telling them to do something, you're doing it for their good. So like one of the things that I like one of our kids just hates getting his he's still in diapers um and he hates getting his diaper changed. Hates it. And he makes it a, an immensely harder mm-hmm. deal than it needs to be. Every like, single it's time. Like, this would literally last two minutes if you would uh-huh. calm down. And I tell him You make that. it last and 10 I keep, minutes. I keep telling him that. And I'm like, bud, you, you're making this worse. If you will stop, it will be better. And the times that he does calm down more, I'm like, see, that was awesome. See, if you just calm down and let daddy you know, take care of you, it's going to be so much better because I love you and I'm trying to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm teaching them. Yeah. When you when I'm teaching you to obey, it's because I love you and I'm trying to take care of you. And then here's where here's where it's not obvious, but you have to do this sometimes, not every time, but sometimes you have to say things like that's how God takes care of us too, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. God tells us to do things because he loves us and he's taking care of us. And so what you're doing is you're showing them when you listen Good things happen because that's why I'm telling you to do anything in the first place because I love you. And that's what God does too. When God tells you to do something, it's because he loves you and he's taking care of you. And and that's just something you have to keep doing. And it's hard. You have to... 
you have to be prepared for that. Um, well, I think the hardest thing about that that this age is uh, you have to persevere through um, a yeah. lot of frustration and a lot of just kind of <laughs> hardship there. Mm-hmm. And it can be it can be overwhelming at times. But if you will persevere, if you'll seek to um, you know keep keep doing those basic things, right. then you will see fruit from it. Even though, listen, I know parents that have kids that age, you're tired, yeah, you're frustrated. You know, the kids can't communicate well. You know, there's a lot of joy at this age, too. Don't oh, get me yeah, wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's like the the best. Is There's there's lots of, uh, it's like you're on a roller coaster. There's mm-hmm. lots of highs and there's lots of lows. But if you just keep persevering through this age and keep pressing in, keep investing in your children, you ha- it's almost like you have to um, psych yourself up and like, okay, today's a new day. I'm going right. to, I'm going to, I'm going to love them for the Lord. I'm going to raise them in the Lord to the next day. And, okay. Today's a new day and find joy in the thing. I want to tell a funny story, but like you have to find joy in the things that are annoying. Right. Yeah. Um, so like our, one of our kids, the same kid, he can't talk yet. And it's so frustrating because it's like, I just want you to tell me what you want. Yeah, share what and he wants, only yeah. says, <laughs> and like, that's all he does. And so, you know, in order to keep us sane, we've decided that he is the world's best scat singer. Right. Nice. So like that's so that's that's how he communicates that's awesome it's like i want some milk you know like okay i got it you know so we have to make fun and not in and we have to have fun with it um it's not a way to keep your sanity yeah, yeah exactly exactly but but everything you're saying is is absolutely right and and guys listeners please listen to what he says because he he's helping me in this i'm in this stage with you um so so we've got to we've got to just keep loving our kids and right and helping them where they're at. So. The last thing I think that's important at this age, and this may seem this may seem crazy to people, but I think we have to uh, talk to, or or maybe not talk to, but don't hide the mm-hmm. the reality of death. You know, I yeah. think I think this is hard uh, for some parents because they want to shield their kids from death. You know, it's like yeah. when when the family pet dies it's yeah. well he's he's gone to live on a farm somewhere right, is right, that the right. same farm grandpa's on now <laughs> that's yeah that's you know and i think right. i think we have to let our kids know not in a scary way but let them know that there is a reality of of death yeah and that it that it is there have you have you had to think yes. about this at all yeah no we've had to actually deal with this uh several times you know we've we've had some uh great grandparents uh pass away um, and we have to talk through the fact that like ma, um, my, my wife's, my wife's grandma actually died like two days before or the day before our daughter was born. Mm. Um, and we had to explain that ma, ma died and, and that we can't FaceTime with her anymore. Um, we've had to explain and that, you know, cause you, you don't want to lie and say why you can't FaceTime cause then they don't, right. cause then they feel hurt. It's different when like you can't. They're not hurt. They're just they're just like wow, that's sad. Uh, we went we went to uh, Gettysburg uh, last year or sometime, and um, my my son was is three and he was there and you know it's cool because there's cannons and stuff like that, but then there's also uh, scenes of of battlefields and then there's like the there's always those videos that you watch with Morgan Freeman narrating mm-hmm. and um, and Sam looked up at me he goes, what happened to those guys? Why do those guys fall down? Why are those guys on the ground? He just didn't know, mm-hmm. and it was like I didn't, I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. But my wife was, and she she leaned over and she was like, "Buddy, 
we talked about sin, right? He's like, yeah, sins when you don't do, you don't obey God. Well, when people sin, other people get hurt and even die sometimes. And and it was just, I was so proud of my wife. I was like, way to go, babe. But um, they have to start to, you know, to understand these things because it's a reality that you cannot escape. And it's not that you have to bring it to them. You know, you're not having to, like, <laughs> watch inappropriate right. movies with them or something right. like that. But when these things come to them, don't don't shy away from telling them. Help them to understand what loss is about. Exactly. And, and, and if that they're death a, is real. And if, if those loved ones are believers, give them the hope. Yes, yes, absolutely. Eternity. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. good. Well, so, let's talk about older kids. Yeah. How do we prepare these kids who are like first through fifth grade? How do we help them get ready for the future? Yeah, this is where they start to understand their place in the world. This is where they start to see things in the world that are uh, bigger mm. than themselves. They start to understand like, okay, my my little my little world is expanding yeah. and growing. And I'm realizing that I'm a small uh, part of this universe. That's right. You know, and so there can be... A lot of seemingly, in, you know, you feel insignificant. But then I also think that parents can do a disservice at this age and make their kid feel overly significant. I think there's a, a balance here between significance and insignificance that we need to help our children understand, you know, because, you know, let's be real. Your, your child is special to you. Yeah. Obviously, they're special to God, uh, to their family, to their community. But the world does not revolve around your child. That's exactly right. And if you make them feel that way, you are doing them a disservice. There's there's an awesome uh, Bluey episode. Any listener who has toddlers knows exactly what I'm I talking missed, about. I missed the whole Bluey phase. I know, but honestly, you would still enjoy it. It's it's that good. But there's an episode where uh, one of the parents is dealing with their the kid, the cousin, and the cousin thinks that they're so important because the dad said something like, "You're you're the most important person. And the episode shows how when you think you're the most important person, you're you're a terrible individual. You know, you don't fit well in the world. And uh, and at the end of the episode, the dad finally says, you, you know, you're the most important person to your mom and I, but you're not the most important person in the world. And I thought that was awesome for a TV show. Um, to just to just show that because that's real. We as parents have to help our kids understand. No, you're not the center of the universe, but you are extremely important. So there's this there's this encouragement of you are so important to me to God. You are desperately loved, right. desperately loved. Um, but no, you're not the center of the universe. You are not God. You're yeah. not the most important thing in the world. And that's great. That's good. You don't want to be that. Yeah. So find how you fit because you do fit. You do matter. You right. are important. Where do you fit according to God's plan? That's, that's right. That's the key. We're helping our kids understand. Yeah. Right? We also need to commit to just building up more godly character. Yeah. It's just once again, we're we're building this. We're we're building on top of the foundation. Uh, you know, as we as they get into this age, there is a temptation to kind of let up or mm. even or even give up. You know, I, I I've seen parents who, as kids get older and they they become self sufficient, like mm-hmm. they can feed themselves, they can clothe themselves, they can do basic chores. It's like, well, I'm done raising my child, you know. Yeah. And I, this happens at this age, maybe even a little bit older than this. But how do we fight against that attitude of of wanting to let up or give up? Well, I think it. It has to do with, and this is interesting, like when they're really, really little, you have to do everything for them. And that can be really annoying. And as they get older, you you get the temptation of feeling like, ah, they're good. You have to keep bringing them into your life. 
Right. You, know, you have to keep including them in and you have to include yourself in their life. Right. So, you know, they are interested in things that are kid things. You still have to be interested in that. Um, and they're, they're growing up. They have to, they're getting interested in more adult things. You have to bring them into that. And I'm just thinking about my parents and my, my uncles and, and my, my grandparents and how they interacted with me, even though I was, you know, basically self-sufficient, um, you know, I could do all the things that I needed to for life for myself, mm-hmm. but they just, we just did life together, right. you know? And I think that's the way you do it is by doing life and then taking the opportunities to continue um, talking about godly things in those things, right? I think parents, we need encouragement from uh, one another, from our church. I think that we're going to struggle in the area of parenting at some point. Yeah. And if you don't have other uh, godly people around you, that you are going to uh, not, not do yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. you got to have yeah. people to lean on or you won't do well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, absolutely. So don't be afraid. Listen, don't be afraid to find those mentors, those brothers and sisters in Christ that you can lean on and mm-hmm. talk to about your struggles, those that will pray for you and help you through uh, this age and, and all of the ages. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But okay. Let's so, talk about teenagers. That's right. So this is where the big stuff happens, right? Right. Why is this such an important age? Because they are becoming adults. And so you're right. The big stuff. It's big stuff because uh, adult things, uh, adult decisions uh, have adult consequences. And and so it's really important that we help them think through all these big things like college, like getting a job, like driving, because uh, navigating relationships. Yes, because all of these things are uh, are heavy, right? And so, well, I think you can't that just play around with them. There's a danger because with adult decisions come adult consequences. Mm-hmm. When you're driving, you have the opportunity to hurt yourself or other people. Exactly. When you're dating, you have the opportunity to make mistakes in in a dating relationship that, that have lasting consequences. So I think that you're trying to help them to understand, like. You as a teenager are becoming an adult, but you're not quite an adult. Exactly. So how do we help them in that? How do we guide them? But we don't want to take over, right? Yes. That's where, again, and I think we've said this a lot, but like conversation is key. You've got to be talking. And that's what's hard about this in this time frame is that they don't want to talk. Right. right. And so you've got, you cannot come at them and just be like, listen, we've got to talk. And you got to, and you're not telling them everything they need to know. You've got to develop a way of asking good questions that draw them into a conversation. You, you kind of have to trick them into talking to you, okay? Like, let's just be honest about it. And so you've got to come up with questions to draw them in to wanting to talk to you. Where and, and part of this is you taking a real interest in them growing into adulthood. Yes. You're not, so when you're tricking them into talking to you, you're not doing it so that you can then just tell them everything you want to tell them. Mm-hmm. If they've already figured it out, like if if they if they if you start asking them questions and they give you really good answers, you should call that a win. You should mm-hmm. be like, "Wow, thank you, Lord." Right. You don't need to like reiterate it and beat them down with it. And be like, "Yeah, you're right." And also, you know, you, you can you can celebrate them being being wise and growing up and be like, "Wow, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you for thinking that way. I'm glad you're not gonna you know <laughs> run into the ditch while you're driving." <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's important to maybe have some some. Uh, a lot of smaller conversations. Mm, I mean, yeah, in yeah. my in my experience, uh, teenagers um, aren't aren't into really it, it, you the can't, big talks. Well, yeah. you can't unload 
all of the stuff in one conversation. So mm-hmm. you think about how, and, and as things come, you know, uh, as things come up in life, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to sit down and talk about, Hey, uh, you, you're getting a job. Listen, you have a responsibility to this person. You have an authority, you know, going through some of the different things with that, you know, Hey, you're, you're entering into a dating relationship. Now, this is a, this is a big deal. This right. is not just, uh, you know, special friends, you know, right, you're, right. you're, you're doing something here that, that is an adult thing. So here, let's think about, there's a lot of great benefits. There's also a lot of consequences here. And so I think that you're helping to guide them. I also, their parents can want to guide them a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to, and, and I'm thinking in the realm of like, you can be overbearing yeah. and, and really overprotective, um, I think we got to allow our kids to make mistakes and to kind of feel feel themselves out as they grow within some parameters that are going right. to help protect them. That's why this is guidance, right? I love the line from Pirates of the Caribbean. They're more like guidelines, yeah, you know. Like guidelines. And, and it's because what we're understanding is that there is room for mistakes. There there is room for um, not doing things the right way. But it's guidelines because there's not room for you making catastrophic mistakes, right. making mistakes that are that are ultimately damaging. And so, um, but but you have to have that that room for them to move and grow because they're and here's here's the thing parents and and we all wrestle with this if you love your kid you're going to wrestle with wanting to guide them too much right that's okay we have to fight against that temptation because they're going to do what they want to do anyways and if we don't give them room to to breathe and grow they'll bust out of that confinement. well or if we they may not do whatever they want because you may be able to control them in an unhealthy way, but they will eventually rebel against that. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Eventually, sooner or later, Mm -hmm. there will be uh, problems. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we want to do the best that we can to avoid that. I think we also got to be okay with how God, uh, how and where God leads them. So I'm thinking about parents that are trying to control too much in the area of like making the decisions for their children. That's right. In the way of like, you you will go to college here. You will do this career. You will marry this person. You know, I think I think we have to be okay with saying, okay, God is in control. I'm going right. to pray for them. I'm going to guide them, but I'm going to let God lead them. Yeah, it's good to point out. I was even having a conversation with a parent recently. Like, it's good to see in your kid, like you are incredibly intelligent. You would do awesome in college, and to tell them that and to encourage that. But if they're just like, I really want to go pursue a uh, a career, you know, doing something else, doing a trade or something like that, you know, that's where you have to to ask them, okay, are you living for the Lord? That's when you have to just kind of come back to your priority. Or if they feel a calling to ministry, yeah, to, yeah. Mission, to missions work, you know, mm-hmm. are we okay with that? Right. Are you okay with your kid going overseas? Okay. I've that's seen parents, step I've back. seen parents, oh man, this was adult, this was an adult parent situation but you know these parents who are uh these these adults were going to do missions work yeah the parents just thought it was a terrible idea they're giving up so much to go do missionary work and then fostering and adopting children they just thought why would you want to do that and i'm thinking are, are you even a believer like you're, yeah. you're you're asking these questions like this is what god has called them to do right you need to be on board and okay and supportive with what god has called these people to do that that's why i think in this whole future conversation it all all comes back to you and this is something i got from my parents from my mom especially 
do whatever God calls you to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's what my parents told me growing up. That's been the most freeing thing yeah. in the world because I always I always knew that if I was doing that, I couldn't disappoint them. And yeah, no, I haven't done everything the way they wanted me to my whole life. But man, uh, my parents are not disappointed because they know I'm doing what God has called me to do. That's awesome. I love being able to make my parents proud, and I love being able to do that by doing whatever God tells me to do. It's yeah. it's great. It's a win win. So. That's what we can do as parents with our teenagers. We have to help them go where God leads. So what's, what's, what is the one thing that most parents and teens miss out on this stage, though? In my experience, it's prayer. We don't pray about the future. We don't pray about our career, our calling, our spouse, our family. We don't, we don't spend enough time in prayer. And so I think that as parents, we need to be praying for our children yeah. in their future. And we also need to be encouraging them to be praying about it. When it comes to the big decisions about what you're going to do with your life and, and what kind of career you're going to have, and if you're going to go to college and who you're going to date and all these type of things, are you praying about it? Are the teenagers yeah. praying about it? Yeah. I think we miss out if we don't, if we don't encourage them to do that. My, my mom regularly told me she was praying for my future spouse. And, you know, literally last night, my wife and I were talking about how uh, completely different they are in many ways, my, my mom and my wife, but also how exactly the same they are and how much they love each other. And, and it's just and I think I really believe that it's because God answered my mom's prayers. Um, and so I'm so thankful for that. And, uh, yeah, that's what we can be doing for right. our kids. So, well, I think that's a, a good place to kind of finish up with what it means. I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about. Uh, But I think the main point of, of the future, and and we wrote this down in our meeting, our production meeting says, remember the past, but don't hold on too tight to it. Mm -hmm. Be in the present, but also look to the future knowing that God is in control. Yeah. I think if we'll have that aspect, that perspective of past, present, future, as we walk into the future, knowing that God is in control of everything. You know, sometimes we look at our past and we think, God, why did you take me down that road? I made so many mistakes, God. I did this and I did that. and, And I'm so ashamed of my past and this and that. But here's the reality, Brian. We would not be where we were if we did not walk down that road. That's right. If we didn't have those past experiences. God has brought us to from that past to where we are, and then if we will trust Him and continue to to follow Him on into the future, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's writing our story. I mean, our life is God's story, and uh, and it's a never ending story. I mean, this is going to go on and on, and so we just have to keep all of those things in mind as we're living and just hold on to Him, uh, letting Him guide us every step of the way. That's right. So, uh, so it can be scary to talk yeah. about the future yeah. with your children, but we need to, yeah. and we need to trust the Lord through it. You know, this is the last episode in this series. That's right. I really enjoyed this series. We've talked about a wide range of topics, and I hope this has been very helpful as you parent your your children. So it's really a parenting series, but we've taken a right. maybe a different approach to it well, and how we communicate with our children. And I'd be curious to know, are there other uh, hard talks that maybe we haven't talked about? So if there is something that you're like, man, this would be cool to hear, um, you know, let us know. Email us at f4l at oakhillbc.org so that we can know some things that maybe we'll tackle in like a pastor's perspective sure. or something later on or biblical balance that we would love to do that later on yeah. as well.
So, yeah, I fully enjoyed this. I think it's going to be helpful for me uh, as a parent, and I hope it's helpful for our listeners as well. Uh, we're praying for you all, and uh, we just we just hope to be a helpful resource. Yep. We appreciate you listening, and, and we'll see you, see you next time. time. sinuses guy why'd you create sinuses (laughs) (laughs) that's probably ended up in the bloopers (laughs) i hate it hate it sneezing and coughing Mm -hmm. stupid allergies i was listening to the one of the episodes and we were talking about the ohio river valley and how we feel terrible yeah we feel still